I'm joined on the line now by BC Health Minister Adrian Dix. Minister Dix, thank you so much for taking the time here. Good morning, Jeff. So I just want to kind of start off by uh, getting sort of a sense of how things are just going in terms of of the response right now. I mean, you're giving your daily updates about COVID-19, right, and what's happening and, and, uh, you know, obviously monitoring how many people are are getting sick and coming down with a case on a daily basis. But just uh, from an overall standpoint, I mean, how is British Columbia handling this whole thing? Just what are your thoughts on kind of how these last three weeks have played out so far? Oh, I, I'm very impressed with what British Columbians are doing, whether it's in Kamloops or anywhere else in BC. I'm impressed uh, with the commitment to social distancing. I'm impressed with uh, how we've come together. Um, this morning, uh, for example, uh, I did a joint statement with the Alberta Health Minister, Tyler Shandro, where we said to people, this is not the weekend to travel. Whether you live in BC and go to Alberta for um, for recreation or for shopping or, for, or if you're coming from Alberta to BC, don't travel. And I've been impressed press uh, overall because there's always focus on the few people who aren't following the rules I'm impressed with what people are doing in BC and you see it reflected I think in some of the numbers and we've got to be cautious all the time I think uh, what's happened the last few weeks in Quebec and what we see in other countries tells us that uh, there's still a great deal of risk for everybody but over the last uh, week our hospitalizations for example have reduced due to COVID-19 which ensures that our healthcare workers have the means and the resources uh, to deal with cases and that's that reflects not the work of uh, of uh, health ministers or provincial health officers that reflects the work of people in every community now, when you're talking about, uh, you know, people not traveling, I mean, I think that's a pretty clear message that I think the majority of British Columbians are taking to heart and are, are listening to, but there are going to be people who are going to, you know, ignore those and, and are going to continue to travel. So just in terms of that um, Alberta and BC travel, because you mentioned, you know, you had some conversations with your counterparts in Alberta. Do you, do you know what that's going to look like for people who are driving around and, and potentially crossing that border? Because, uh, you know, you, it was mentioned at yesterday's press or that there was going to be some increased screening at land borders. So I'm just curious what that potentially might look like. Well, I think we've done a couple of things that will have an effect. One, that uh, Minister George Heyman, the Minister of the Environment, announced yesterday that we're closing down BC parks. So that's one recreation point. And we're doing what I think has happened effectively, which is uh, asking people not to travel for anything non-essential. We know they're essential workers. There needs to be food on the shelves in Kamloops and everywhere else, in my constituency and everywhere else. So... There's a bunch of people who have to be out there and traveling. But for everybody else, um, this isn't the time to travel. And this isn't the time to go if you have a second home or a cabin or go fishing on a particular lake uh, on the Easter long weekend. Well, uh, this isn't the week to do that. And I think what we've seen consistently is an overwhelming and positive response from people and and uh, real generosity as well. I mean, um, I'll note uh, in Kamloops uh, the work of uh, local MLAs uh, such as Todd Stone in support of truckers and others. You know, I think that these are positive things. The letter I wrote uh, with uh, Tyler Shandro was a, was came out of a suggestion from uh, uh, the Liberal, the opposition health critic, uh, Norm Latnick, for example. So I think people are coming together and uh, what we expect this weekend is whether you're celebrating a, a religious occasion or whether you're, you uh, ordinarily travel for recreation, that this isn't the weekend to do that. And I believe people are responding to that. I'm, I'm very positive about that. There's a, you know, we live in one country, uh, Canada's a country, and 
people do and, and can travel between places in our country. But uh, this isn't the weekend to do it. And, and how significant do you think this weekend is overall as we look to maintain this flattened curve that BC seems to have been able to, to get to so far at this point, right? It's been about, you know, between 40 and 50 cases per day for the last week or so, which looks like, you know, a pretty good flattening of the curve that we have achieved. But when you look at an Easter long weekend, right, where you're talking about the faith-based celebrations and most of the leaders, I think, are, are making sure their congregations are meeting online. So that's a good thing that they're doing. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are going to want to get together with family for a, for an Easter Easter dinner or, um, like you had mentioned, a number of people just wanting to get out and, and do some form of recreation because it is, you know, that extra day off that people wouldn't normally have. Um, you know, just the fact that it is a long weekend and people have been kind of isolated for some time and I'm sure there's a lot of antsy people who are looking to get up out of their couches and, and get out there. Um, like, how significant do you think this weekend could be just in terms of maintaining the the achievements so far in British Columbia when it comes to flattening that curve? I mean, I think there's a real potential here over this long weekend to see um, either a, a nice continued consistency, which is what I'm sure you're hoping for, but there's also that potential for a spike here as well. Well, I'm, you know, that's why the Premier met with, I think, 130 uh, religious leaders across BC on Wednesday to talk about some of those very issues. And I, I think we've just had extraordinary res- response from faith leaders uh, across BC of all faiths. And I think uh, it's so impressive how they've responded. But yes, this is, um, in many parts of BC, this is expected to be a beautiful weekend. It's the Easter weekend. For some of us, even though spring starts in March, it's kind of the start of the spring-summer season in many, in many places, and D.C. especially as you get further north. So, you know, this is a, a really important weekend. I think that, and, and the cost um, is still being felt, I think, uh, from this. We've had uh, a significant uh, number of deaths, most of them in long-term care, and almost all except for two on Vancouver Island in the Vancouver region. But there's a real cost there, and I think um, what we know is that the person you're most likely to transmit COVID-19 to is someone you love, someone you're close to, someone in your family. And so that's all the more reason, I think, for people to want to take action this weekend. And, and I'm, I'm confident that they're going to, but we have to, keep, we have to keep the pressure on. This is unprecedented in my lifetime, absolutely unprecedented. I'm 55. We've never seen anything like this. And uh, so we need to continue to come together so that all the sacrifice people are making camels and everything else, everywhere else, are not lost. Um, uh, one thing, too, that I've been kind of anxiously awaiting, and now it's been a couple of weeks since you guys have done this, you and, and Dr. Henry, uh, when you were doing sort of that modeling and some projections of what things might look like here moving forward, depending on you know how certain things play out, uh, just wanting to get an update on if that is expected to happen next week. I know it was mentioned as a possibility, and I was just curious, um, while I have you here, if that is, in fact, on the schedule. Yeah, I think it's going to happen uh, the end of next week. Uh, where we're going to say... Um, here's what our modeling was, and here with two more weeks of data is where we see it now. And our modeling, the purpose of our modeling is, uh, you know, there's in some cases provinces have gone out and made projections of the number of people who will die, you know, and that's not the purpose of modeling. The purpose of modeling is to say, here's where we're going, here's where we're going if if we continue to take these measures and if we're able to take a series of measures in, in the public. And here's, here are the resources we need to be available, and here's how we need to move around resources so that should we have a surge of cases in acute care, for example, that we're prepared for that. So that's the purpose of modeling, and what, we're gonna, what we said we'd do is um, bring people up to date, show them how it was, both how it was going and what we see uh, as a possibility in the coming weeks. But 
important to remember it's not predictive and um, uh, the modeling. Uh, all models are wrong, but some models are, are helpful, as Dr. Henry has said, in telling people what you need to do. And uh, the modeling that we did in the past led us to take actions in hospitals, led us to take actions in terms of the population, and very importantly, ensured that uh, we were able to tell people before they went to go on uh, spring break holidays not to go. But does that modeling, when you guys do that exercise, does that sort of help project how long we could be in uh, this current state that we are in terms of having to self-isolate, in terms of having to avoid any non-essential travel? Um, you know, you have said time and time again, multiple times, that April is just not going to be a normal month. So I think we've all kind of gotten that message that, you know, until the end of this month, things are just going to kind of be as they are. But I'm sure a lot of people are looking to May, and I know some provinces have already pretty much said things are going to be shut down uh, through May. I mean, is BC on that path right now or I mean is that I guess what the whole point of that modeling exercise could could be it, it, it is but also uh, I think it's important to know you know things aren't going to change because it's May 1st significantly right we have to and that we're facing this is an illness that doesn't have a vaccine and doesn't have a cure right and uh, people around the world are working on both of those things so it's going to affect our behavior for a long time to come until we have a vaccine until we find a cure or, uh, uh, or an effective treatment from COVID-19 other than the treatments we have already, which is supporting people when they get sick. So, you know, we're going to be into this for a while, uh, into the future. Uh, and But what the modeling can tell us is, okay, what is the effect of certain things and what would be the effect of changing certain things? And it also helps us in, in terms of uh, issues such as elective surgeries. You know, the, since we cancel elective surgeries, I think we've canceled in the range 15,000 surgeries and all those people are waiting for those surgeries so it will tell us how, how we best can use our acute care system to not just help people and prepare for COVID-19 but uh, deal with all the other ailments that people have and, and need our help for. And uh, just on that point, while I have you here, I'll let you go on this one here, Adrian. But just uh, when talking about those canceled surgeries, I believe we're up well over 1,200 here in Kamloops specifically. Um, just what is your message to those people who are, you know, have been waiting quite some time probably for some of these procedures and then have had to have them get pushed off and, put, and be delayed? I know that this is something you have spoken to a few times within your press conferences uh, on a daily basis. But just, you know, what is your message to those individuals who, um, you know, are probably feeling a little bit disappointed that they aren't going to be able to get some of that? That work that they feel they need to, to really live a, a more full and happier life? Look, these aren't things they feel they need. These are things they just need. They, they need. These are medically necessary essential surgeries in the healthcare system. And uh, I, I think about those people every day. And, you know, it's a message really to everybody here. This is why we want to flatten the curve so we can get back to helping people who are dealing with pain, who are dealing with uh, very serious circumstances, be able to live a normal life, and the surgery is intended to do that. So if there are people you know who need surgeries, they're another reason why we need to all take action to uh, flatten the curve this weekend and throughout, uh, throughout April. Well, Minister Dix, I really do want to thank you so much for taking the time to, to come out and speak to us here in Kamloops. Really do appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll find some time to do this again maybe in, a, in another couple of weeks. Well, we'll um, hopefully talk next week. Take next care. That was Health Minister for British Columbia, Adrian Dix. Really appreciate him taking some time out of his day. I know he's a pretty busy guy.